Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, if there's Levert, it's cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday, shot clock down to six. Finds one. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows podcast. I'm your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started, if you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. We always want to hear from you. Um, coming at you today after a very close loss at home to the Toronto Raptors, uh, final score 107 102. Toronto, uh, joined by my co host and, and editor over Indy Cornrows, Tom Lewis. Tom, how are you doing? Oh, not bad. That was uh, not the best bad May for the Pacers, but um, uh, considering it felt like they were down by 15 most of the game, uh, it, it was an exciting finish at least. But uh, alas, they didn't have the juice to get it done. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. It, it just felt like uh, the, the well, okay. The best way to put it is the two most consistent players on the roster were the least uh, capable yeah. of staying on the floor today. Uh, Domas Sabonis and, and Malcolm Brogdon combined for six of thirty-two from the field and had ten free throw attempts between the two of them. So obviously an incredibly inefficient, just rough shooting game for both of them. Malcolm really struggled at the uh-huh. rim, uh, could not hit anything from three. Finished one of ten from there. Domas was one of 10 from the field. Um, we can get into some of that in a little bit, but I, I think, yeah, overall, that, that was kind of just the mark of, of today. But then conversely, Miles Turner was fantastic offensively and defensively as well. I mean, he finished with six blocks and three steals, which is kind of re- remarkable. Um, eight to 12 from the field, got to the line a couple times, finished with 25 points, uh, team high. I thought he probably had the best all-around game for the Pacers. Um but again, I think you just look at our, you know, with both Domas and Malcolm struggling that much, it was hard to get anything going today. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at those numbers for uh, Bradman and, and Sabonis, and you think that's uh, going to be a blowout. But like you say, Miles stepped up, and honestly, for for Miles, I mean, that was like a quiet twenty-five. I mean, he was just, yeah. you know, continually going, and really, he didn't do a ton in the second half. I mean, it was just an efficient twenty-five. Um, and then his defensive impact was great. You know, McConnell, Justin Holiday, and, and Jeremy Lamb had some spots. And those were the guys that, that you know, kind of kept him in the game, really. Um, and it, it was, you know, they were down with 11 at the half. And, and throughout the third quarter, it just seemed like they couldn't get over the hump. And then the last three minutes, they, they did uh, get over the hump. And it was one of those things where Bryden had, had uh, you know, shot so poorly, been so inefficient, and it was like, okay, well, if he just has a quarter in him and and can carry him home, maybe they can steal this one. But I, I kind of found it was fitting uh, at the end of the game with, with I guess Pacers were down three and their last real possession, even in the lane, kind of was a little off balance. Got it to Domas, and Domas was blocked twice, and it was like that one possession was kind of a, a game recap, yeah. if you will. Um, and, you know, they needed a three anyways, and it was late, you know, a little late in the clock for, for that play. So um, it was just discombobulated, and, and that's kind of how, it, how the game felt. Um, and, you know, they, they, earned that, they earned that L today. 
Yes, uh, 100%. Like we talked about with the Magic game, like it felt like they deserved to lose the Magic game and were lucky to pull that one out. They definitely deserved to lose today, and it, it showed. Um, it's, it's, it hurts to squander a solid, uh, considering we're at home, a, a, mm-hmm. a solid Doug McDermott game. I mean, he shot 63% from the field, only went one of three from three, so light for that on uh, from him. But, I mean, routinely, I mean, I put out the stat yesterday, shooting like 44% from the field and 29% from the line uh, when, when we, when there are home games. So a uh, relatively good game from him got torched defensively though. Um, sometimes when watching a game, uh, at least in, in my watching, I mean, if you see a guy get totally blown by at the point of attack, like you'll see, you know, he's having a bad defensive game, but a lot of times, I mean, unless you, it's a completely, you know, obvious assignment, you have to go back and really look to see who's getting uh tortured on defense and and that was Doug today and it was completely apparent I mean they picked on him most of the game um Domas as well uh you know I I, th- I think we saw a lot of issues that, I mean it's it's hard to say that the defense was bad when you only surrender 107 points which is below league average um but overall I mean the defense did struggle OG Ananobi was incredible today finished with 30 points it was. It was. I that was one of the questions I had part of it is it's difficult because you know, OG is, uh, I tweeted this out too. I mean, he's stronger than Domas and he showed it today, which is crazy oh, to say, absolutely. but I mean, he's probably pound for pound, one of the strongest guys in the NBA, um, but also just way quicker than Domas. And, and they routinely kept going back to getting him isolated on Domas on the perimeter, which wasn't hard because Domas was his primary guard today, um, which I, I don't know. I, it's tough because if you put miles on him, then he's away from the rim a lot. But at the same time, I, I mean, isn't that maybe better considering they, they did not have a lot of dribble penetration that was getting to the rim. Um, and they just were able to shoot lights out from three and with how much the Pacers were collapsing on the lane. I mean, it was just an ugly game all around. Toronto shot 41% from the field and the Pacers shot 40% from the field. Um, and, you know, Toronto getting to the line a little bit more and also finishing 15 to 35 from three was kind of the difference um, outside of the turnovers as well. But I just felt like there kept being uh, the, not – that's not proper English, but there were just a ton of defensive lapses or they would have a good uh, two or three stops on a possession. And then they'd let up an offensive rebound. And, uh, you know, surprisingly, the Pacers finished uh, with two more rebounds in this game. But I don't know about you, but for me, it felt like they got outworked on the glass today. Yeah, I mean, I think in general, they got outworked most of the game, um, whether it was loose balls on the glass or whatever. But you know, I, I, yeah, they give the Raptors credit. I mean, they don't have Lowry, they don't have Siakam, mm-hmm. and they went small and, you know, kind of tried to make that an advantage for him. And it was because, um, I don't know, but he played like he was huge. I mean, honestly, yeah. he's shoving uh, Sabonis, you know, five, six feet off the block routinely every time. And I think that was a big part of Sabonis' problem. There. I mean, he was re- really uncomfortable. Um, yeah. And, you know, you can talk about fouls, and it goes both ways with those guys shoving and, and banging around there. Uh, but, you know, the refereeing wasn't uh, in the Pacers' favor at all. And they were, they, you know, Brobden and, and um, Sabonis were trying to initiate contact, and, and the Raptors were just standing strong and holding in there, and, and they weren't getting the calls. So, um, but that, that small, the, the one re, the one thing I loved about the Raptors going small was that, I didn't have to see Baines hitting those set shot threes. You only had uh, yes. two of them. 
<laughs> well, it's crazy. He's shooting exactly. below thirty percent from three on the season. Of course, he hits. He hits as soon as he hit his yeah. first one. I was like, oh man, he's hitting two, two or three today, and he did. He was yeah. really impactful today. It's uh, it's kind of like he he just has not been good for them this season. And you know, the last game or two, he's kind of turned it on a little bit. And this was uh, a lot of my friends who, who cover the Raptors were tweeting out today. This was this was his best game of the season. Of course, comes against the Pacers. Um, yep. Like you mentioned with the fouls too. Again, I agree. You know, most of the time, I I think I lean more towards you know refing happens it's whatever uh but that yeah the the non-call when i mean fred van vliet clearly hit malcolm's arm and like just ha- was grabbing his arm oh yeah and did not get the foul call there that was questionable to me i don't really know how that wasn't a foul call um yeah you can of course point out you know domas didn't really get to he, he never gets a good whistle to be completely honest yeah um but tonight i mean it's just it was it was kind of crazy because other than he took that one kind of Dirk fader that he's really developed and he missed by a mile today. Um, but he took it from like 18 feet out. Um, and I thought that was really telling. That was like the one real set post up that he had. It felt like the majority of his shots were coming out. He had seven offensive rebounds today. I think that's where most of his shots even came from. Obviously he took three yeah. threes. Um, but for the most part, I mean, we're used to seeing him get at least, you know, five, six, seven post-ups a game that he's trying to score on. I mean, he posts up way more than that, obviously, but in terms of scoring possessions. Um, and I, it felt like he only had that one today just because of how well they were able to keep him off the block. I mean, Stanley Johnson, too, and OG Ananobi yeah. were fantastic at keeping him out of the block. So that's obviously something that we'll be looking at tomorrow. It's not even like it's it's difficult because I don't want to say, you know, I think there's a tendency for if people see somebody who's bigger like Domas getting outworked like that or, or not even that he's getting outworked, but if if he's getting out muscled out of the post like that, that they're saying he's not working hard or something. And I think part of it's really difficult. I mean, you saw OG and Obi had five steals today. I think three of those were on on Domas. Domas had three turnovers. I feel like all of those came to at the hands of OG and Obi. Um, I mean, like more than that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, this th- – this is part of, you know, I want to take a quick break before I get dive into this point, because I think this is the perfect time to quick take a quick break. But I want to talk about um, kind of the difference in, in how the Raptors play defense and how how the Pacers play defense. And then, uh, then we'll go from there. So we'll be right back in just a second. Welcome back, Pacers fans. All right. So the, the point that I want to make on that is. You know, with with Domas, you see with the the sheer length that the Raptors have. So you look at like OG and their starting lineup, even you know, or replace Baines with uh, with Udo Watanabe, who played a lot tonight. So Watanabe, uh, Fred Van Vliet, Norman Powell, Stanley Johnson, and OG Ananobi, uh, you have like four guys with massive plus wingspans out there. Uh, Norman Powell is only Oh yeah, Boucher too. Uh, I mean, yeah, you could even. I I actually thought their defense was even better when Boucher wasn't out there. Um, I thought they gave the Pacers more problems when they were really small. Um, mm-hmm. I could be, yeah, I'd yeah. have to go back and watch more on that, but it really felt like um, when they, I mean, they were doubling every time Domas got the ball and the, what was so different is that they have the length and the recovery speed to get back out to their, to the guys that they're doubling off of. And you see that. And I think that's part of what we see with the Pacers. That's been a problem a little bit. They try and run that kind of similar style and doubling a lot on on ball handlers, um, especially off pick and roll, and I think they have the speed to get back out uh, on, on and and recover. But the problem is, I just don't think the Pacers have the same length. And maybe when the roster's back and fully healthy, you can make that case with you know TJ Karras. Um, oh yeah. But right oh. now, I mean, like you're 
you're doubling with, with TJ McConnell and uh, granted he's really feisty at the point of attack, but I think you look at, it's just difficult when you're sending Aaron back out on a closeout and he's got a really big wingspan too, but it's, you know, it's different when you have a six, one guard and, you know, Stanley Johnson or OG Ananobi have seven foot wingspans like that. That makes a big difference in how you cover ground and how you can contest shots. Um, so I, I don't know. I think that's something that we definitely see a lot. Um, I mean, we saw the Pacers got run off the three-point line a bunch today because that they – I mean, Toronto does those same screaming closeouts, but I just think they have more of the length to actually do it. And it's harder, too, if, you know, if you have Domas or Miles doing it. Um, it's They're more prone to, to draw to, – to foul someone or to just take a little bit longer to get out there. So, I don't know. That's something that, that, was, that was really sticking out to me today. That, not necessarily that it led to the Pacers winning or losing, but in terms of how we've seen the defense play this year – I think it shows kind of the big discrepancy. Um, and, I, you know, obviously the defense has been solid this year. We've seen uh, both positives and negatives of it. It's helped having Miles back. But I still think you just see, like, uh, I, I just don't know if right now the way that they're playing, it's really difficult uh, with the personnel on the roster, I think. Yeah, it's definitely a struggle. And I mean, like you say, I think the, you know, the Raptors, when they were more small, they were real effective, especially at that stretch in the second quarter. And I was like, God dang, you know, they're they're taking their chances here, and it's working, you know, playing that way. Um, but but also another guy, you know, who is kind of unsung for the Raptors and who seems to have had some of his best games in his career against Pacers, um, uh, Norman Powell, same, yep. same type of guy who can um, stretch out and get out and, and be effective closing out. And I, I was thinking, you know, this you know, when you know when Bjorkman came to the Pacers and was asked, you know, what your defense gonna be like, and you know, he said disruptive and all that, and that that's what they this group was for the Raptors playing that style, and they had that, um, you know, that personnel, you know, they did that, and they didn't even have Lowry out there to to uh, <laughs> um, do his thing, um, but they had enough guys and enough enough length and reserve to still play that way. Um, and, you know, and again, I, I don't, you know, Pacers defensively were okay today, you know, it, it, but it was that defense by the Raptors that really disrupted the Pacers offense. Yeah. Um, I felt that that was more of the, more of the issue um, overall. And I, I kind of found it interesting. I don't know if maybe it was because they were just playing two in a row here or what, but um you know, Bill Grimm, it seemed like after the game, the Pacers were lamenting their, you know, missed opportunities on, on offense and their missed shots, things, you know, that they expected to make. Um, and maybe if you go back and look, that might be the case. But, well, I just felt like, especially with Domas and, and, and Broadbent, they were just, they weren't comfortable, even though they were, yeah. seemed like they were getting good shots, but. I don't know about, you know, just didn't seem like they had the right flow or, or, or it didn't feel like they were um, going to make shots once they started having having troubles. And, and when you look at those numbers, you know, I think it's a little more than just, uh, well, we were five, we just didn't make our shots. So um, we'll see um, tomorrow if um, it is kind of interesting. I, I feel like maybe this is a, a chance to have some playoff practice as far as making adjustments and yeah um i was thinking during the game i mean both both these coaches know each other and, and you have to be thinking they're trying to think two moves ahead <laughs> with the adjustments and then the counters to the adjustments and the counters of the counter yeah 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that works out tomorrow. But um, uh, it, it, I definitely, you know, just I, I give that that Raptors defensive effort credit. And and like I say, I really felt like okay, this is this is what we're talking about when we're disruptive. And um, and the Pacers are just struggling to do that consistently with the guys they have to run out there right now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, one one other positive I want to add, though, I thought Jeremy Lamb continues to be really impressive. Uh, he only played 19 and a half minutes tonight, but, you know, 13 points. Um, I think his his three looks better. Um, I mean, I, the form I is the same, but it just feels smoother. Um, there's no like it, I don't he's never had a hitch in his jumper or anything. Uh, at least not while he's been in Indiana, but it just it, it looks really smooth. He's taking it confidently. So that's been great to see so far. Again, small sample size, but I've really liked it. Um, overall, he's just been – he looks like Jeremy again, which is really cool to see again through uh, through three games so far. Um, what did you think about Aaron today? Um, well, I mean, kind of a similar thing. I mean, he was frustrated out there talking about yeah. other guys. I've, it's so funny because he's like one of the least vocal guys um, and he got a tech today, which is, oh, I mean, that's how you can tell yeah, he, he was like totally off his game. Um, or not even off his game. I didn't, uh, I think defensively he wasn't awesome. Offensively he wasn't amazing either, but he at least looked confident, but he only ended up with a 10 minute run tonight. I mean, today, gosh, not tonight. Yeah. And I think, you know, Bjorkman was trying to come up with something defensively, you know, in the play of McConnell, kind of, kind of a semi offense defense with McDermott there late in the game. Um, but yeah, that, you know, it seems like Aaron's kind of sliding a little bit further down there with, with his opportunities here. Um, and you know, you think about with the guys who are out and I mean, it's probably going to be a while longer, obviously. So he's going to get plenty more opportunities, but, um, yeah, the, the development there is just not there, um, that we've seen so far. So, um, and just with the size, even though he's got the length, um, um, he can, you know, he can't always count on defensively to be um, a guy that, you know, that they can count on. So, uh, yeah, not, you know, I'd, I'd say a tough outing, you know, in a game like this, you know, we talked about Miles really stepping up and, you know, Holiday, Justin had his moments. and But, you know, you, you're hoping a guy like Aaron can rise up and get a few more shots and hit him. But, um, uh, again, like you say, you only played 11 minutes. So here's my quick problem, though. Um, not to say, you know, I, I want I obviously you want Aaron to be able to stand up and hit those. But this is what it comes down to for me is a lot of times he's playing with TJ McConnell and TJ is, uh, frankly, offensively, he's not um, he's really not impacting the game without the ball in his hands. I mean, he's a he, he tries his best as a cutter, but defenses, if he doesn't have the ball, they ignore him. Um, I mean, we saw that with him taking two threes today, which is like, I never yeah. like, that's not TJ's game. We don't want to see him take those. He doesn't want to take those. Um, he's not a good three point shooter. We know that. Um, I really want to see Aaron get a chance to actually run bench lineups on his own without, you know, knowing he's going to get yanked if he doesn't perform well, because I think we've seen him the last two years uh, be really forced into being just a spot up guy. He has the ability to do things with the ball in his hands, but I just feel like he gets that opportunity so inconsistently. And if he doesn't perform well with it, he doesn't really get the opportunity to do it again. Um, and that's just something I keep coming back on. That's a little bit frustrating with where we're at right now. I mean, you look at the starting lineup, 
Doug played 32 minutes, which was the least of the starters. Malcolm, Justin, and Miles all played 36 minutes plus, and Domas finished with 40. Um, and again, you know, obviously to be to depleted team, depleted roster. Uh, TJ McConnell plays 23 minutes and, and Aaron plays 10. I just think you have to find a way to distribute more of those minutes to Aaron and at least get looks at him doing stuff. Um, I, I think too, like Edmund Sumner did not play at all tonight, which is just kind of vexing to me. I thought you look at a team like this, that's so athletic has a lot of guys who are, you know, of similar size to the Pacers, you know, smaller, um, smaller wings, you know, combo guards. I thought this was a perfect matchup to get Edmund some run. Like maybe he, he spent some time on Norman Powell, like, uh, I mean, Doug McDermott spent a little bit of time on Norman Powell tonight, and that did not go well, as we saw. Um, I just think it's not even about talent necessarily. I just think because obviously, I mean, you could you can't even make a case saying that that Ed is more talented than Doug or anyone who got more minutes. But I think I look at it in terms of there's like a um, I'm not a great math person, but I think it's like the the method of like. Um, positive regression or not positive regression. It's like least uh, least regression or something like that. It's something I learned in um, calculus. Clearly it didn't hold with me very well, but the point is after you hit you a certain point, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, after you hit a certain point of something positive, you start to see a negative return each second you go past that, right? That's how I feel about how the minister distributed. Like Justin Holiday is obviously great. I actually can't say anything negative about Justin Holiday. He'd play 48 minutes for all I care. But you play TJ McConnell for 23 minutes. I think there's a point. The more you play TJ, I think the less you get back from him at a certain extent. Because like I mentioned, if he's not, if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, you see a regression in what he can do on court. And you can make the same case for Domas because he gets tired out by the end of the game. I mean, he played 40 minutes. You look at Malcolm playing 38 minutes. And um, clearly he just wasn't on tonight at all. But my point is, if you're able to, like we saw with Jakar Sampson so much during the bubble last year, and even just down the stretch when there were injuries, like eight, seven to eight minutes of Jakar, is he super talented? No, but he plays smart basketball and he plays with a lot of energy. And I think that there's something to that. Having somebody come in with full energy uh, compared to guys who have been playing half the game already, that makes a difference. And I think that there has to be a way to, to, to factor in guys like Ed and maybe even Jakar. I, I don't know if he, it depends on the matchup, obviously, but you know, we keep hearing that there's going to be lineup changes in this and that. And, and we're, I mean, they're still playing an eight man rotation and, and I don't know, I'm not trying to be uh, too difficult on where things are at, but you look at the Raptors, even yes, they have OG and Fred Van Vliet and Norman Powell all play 36 minutes plus, but then they end up getting six guys off the bench. I mean, five guys off the bench, meaningful minutes. Um, and, and they all made an impact outside Terrence Davis. Um, I, I don't know. I just think that there's something to trying to actually, you know, get more off the bench and, and, you know, stuff's been mentioned. I'm sorry, this is a really long rant. I'm almost done, but you look at, <laughs> you know, stuff has been mentioned that, you know, maybe there isn't quite trust yet between Nate and some of the players, but I think unless you give them the opportunity to do it and not just for one game, I mean, that's not going to develop. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm really hopeful that we'll see something different tomorrow, especially considering it's on a back-to-back. But um, I don't know. It's it's a little concerning to me. I, I just think that uh, the, the fact that Aaron is below TJ McConnell on the depth chart, granted Aaron has not played well, but I just don't think that he's had consistent enough of a role to actually do what he's good at, which is having the ball in his hands. And again, there are, there are, there are times where it doesn't look great having the ball in his hands, but I think – he was a first round pick a couple of years ago. He almost, he got shopped at the deadline last year and almost brought back a first round pick. We heard about the reported deals. Um, and 
it, I, I just don't know how you can't invest the minutes into him to try and have him be a better player because I think if this team is going to be at their best, it's not with TJ McConnell being the first guard off the bench. I think you find a way to develop Aaron and make him the guy who can be the first guard off the bench. At least that's that's my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, in TJ McConnell's defense, I mean, he, he yeah, and I, I don't mean that at all as a slight to TJ McConnell. No, I, the problem is just I, I know yeah. what you're saying, big picture. But yeah, just looking at the day, I mean, McConnell was was pretty effective. Yeah. Um, um, at both ends, it, was, it is kind of funny you mentioned that he did finally shoot a three when he was left open and shot two of them. And then the one time when they, they closed out on him for some reason, he, he took it in and got a lob to two miles for an AM1. And it's like, why, why didn't they let him shoot it? Um, but, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of different players, I think. And, um, you know, it's the same thing with Summer. I, I mean, I, I feel like with Summer, you know, I, I, at this point, I think he is kind of what he is, um, and you know, I I don't know that there's a great leap in him that we should expect more than being a role player. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, you know, he's in his fourth year, he's twenty five, and um, and right now, like I mean, you know, his role is kind of like if they need him, you know, he'll go in there. If there's injuries, he'll fill in. He can start if they need him. Um, he's kind of that that type of player, and and um, I think they're just playing him in that role at this point. And it's you know I I will say uh, Brooklyn did mention different lineups tomorrow, literally. So um, this wasn't like a thing at the beginning of the year, like we've been talking about. This was like post game, uh, going to change things up tomorrow. So we'll see what what that means. Um, because just on a back-to-back with, like you mentioned, the minutes that some of these guys play, um, you would think the uh, the depth of re- the rotation tomorrow would, would be a little little more than, you know, seven and a half. So, mm-hmm. um, and is that a good thing or not? We don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, um, they they got to perform and they get that chance. And that, that's the same thing with Aaron, too. It's like, um, I know it's frustrating for him. Um, but when he does get those opportunities, I would think tomorrow he would get more of an opportunity. Um, yeah, at some point he's got to have that that breakout and, or that burst where it's like, okay, we can we can roll with this a little longer. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm hopeful that we see it. Um, but overall, I mean, there's there's a lot to look forward to. Pacers are now nine and seven. Uh, which I still would say, you know, better than I thought they were going to be 16 games in, which is kind of wild to say it's 16 games in now. Um, it, it's not even, I mean, that's not even like a quarter of the season, but it just feels like it hasn't even been that long. So it's kind of weird to think about. Um, Tom, do you have any kind of closing thoughts before we get out of here or anything that you're uh, you're looking forward to seeing tomorrow? I feel like we hit on pretty much everything though. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of adjustments there are. And yeah. I'm kind of assuming – you know, a swollen knee with Siakam doesn't sound like he's going to be ready to go in, in Lowry as well. Um, so if it is, you know, kind of the same teams we have going at each other, uh, it would be real interesting to see how the Pacers adjust because that, um, especially to that smaller lineup that Toronto was, was dealing with. And I'm assuming, you know, I'm assuming the referees are all going to be the same. I wouldn't think <laughs> they would 
ship out a, a crew and bring a new crew in, you know, yeah. um, with the way they're doing things this year. So that, you know, is interesting as well. <laughs> um, it, it, it really is almost like a little mini playoff here where, where you're um, adjusting and, and still working the rest. So um, I, I, I think that makes it uh, uh, a real interesting matchup to go at him again. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, just considering Broadman and Sabonis can't, you know, play much worse than they did today. Um, you hope that they'll, they'll come in with some confidence tomorrow and, and have have something and get that split. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think it'll help too. I don't think that the Raptors are going to shoot as well as they did today, tomorrow. Um, I mean, part of it is they got a lot of open stuff, but I mean, it, it, just looking at the shot charts, I mean, the only real positive place for the Raptors was from above the break. And they shot 13 to 30, which is well above league average shot 44% at the rim, which somehow is worse than what the Pacers shot at the rim today. doesn't feel like it, but it, it was true. Yeah. Um, and the Pacers missed a lot of open threes. So I, I mean, yeah. that's that kind of shooting variance changes from game to game. You can't expect Malcolm Brogdon to play like that again. Can't expect uh, I, I would say I am more bullish on uh, Malcolm having a good game tomorrow than I am on Domas. Cause I think this is just a really tough matchup for him. I, I'm sure he'll play better tomorrow, but again, just given how, this Raptors team plays defense. I think it's going to be hard uh, for him to really have the same impact that we see him have against the uh, lesser team, teams with less length and, uh, and, and athleticism. It was sad to waste an eight for eight free throw effort from Domas. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I think that <laughs> finally goal. pushes him above 70% from the line on the year. Actually. <laughs> it's been a long, long slog. I, hey, uh, I hope yeah. it's here to stay because that is uh, that's necessary. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. He's going to be, he's going to be getting in the line. That's for sure. Well, to, uh, to everyone listening, thank you for listening. Uh, keep your head up. It's just one game, uh, which that sounds so, <laughs> so, uh, so dismissive of the fact that they're, they're nine and seven. Now this was a big opportunity for them to, to jump up to 10 and six. It, I don't know. It just, it sounds so much better to be 10 and six than nine and seven. That is for damn sure. Mm. Um, but an opportunity to get the double digit Sweet. wins on the season tomorrow. Uh, and regardless, it's going to be a good game. It is at 7 p.m. tomorrow, so we have a decent amount of time. Guys have some good time to rest. So uh, we will catch you tomorrow night after the game on another post-game pod. To everyone listening, thank you for listening. Have a good rest of your day.